another episode of Heroes And. This is a podcast where we talk about heroes and comics, movies, TV shows, and Constantine being renewed by CW Seed. Basically, if it's part of geek culture, we're going to talk about it. I'm Cody. And I'm Andy. And today we're talking about Heroes And Top 5 Speeches. 2016 was an election year. And in just a few days, we in the States will have a new president sworn in. But here's the thing. Politicians aren't the only ones who make speeches. Sometimes great speeches or monologues are found in geek culture. And sometimes those are so profound that we remember them, we quote them, and maybe even learn from them. And so today we are talking about, again, heroes and top five speeches. So it's pretty simple format cody yeah plain and simple that's pretty much it we're talking about (laughs) speeches and not only just in general speeches but you know monologues maybe um a heartfelt moment where someone's just kind of um going on for an extended period of time talking you know what i'm saying like it's not so much a back and forth but there's you know someone's making a pretty profound statement or whatnot and Mm so um but yeah so let's just dive right into it cody What's your first one, man? My first one comes from uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. Me too. This is, I think, the only one that we have. This, I think that, yeah. I think this is unlike the last episode. Right. Where we had we two. briefly went over our list just yes. to make sure that we weren't repeating ourselves. Yes. But my quote isn't the same as yours. Correct. Is it same movie, different Same quote. movie. Mm-hmm. So um, if you've seen, I'll kind of set up the story up to my quote, I think, Andy. Okay. And then you can kind of you know take it from there. So, okay. uh, spoiler alert for Age of Ultron if you haven't seen it, but you probably wouldn't listen to this podcast <laughs> if you haven't seen it. <laughs> probably. So, uh, but in Age of Ultron, you know, we have uh, the Avengers routing up or grouping up the rest of what's left of Hydra. Mm-hmm. And then they come across um, this uh, Loki staff. And ultimately, that leads to the creation of Ultron by Tony yeah. Stark. Ultron, he doesn't like humans. He thinks that they're what's wrong with the Earth, that superheroes are what's wrong with the Earth. Mm-hmm. And he's setting out to destroy the Avengers. And it kind of all comes to a head in Sokovia. And uh, now these two twins that um, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch have joined up with the Avengers. And uh, they're, the Avengers are just about to launch their all-out assault mm-hmm. on Ultron. Uh, and just as normal, our... Our Captain America, our, you know, our Sentinel of Liberty, yes, delivers some words of encouragement uh, yes. as they as they head off into battle, um, and he says, "Ultron knows we're coming. Odds are we'll be riding into heavy into heavy fire, and that's what we signed up for. But the people of Sokovia, they didn't. So our priority is getting them out. All they want is to live their lives in peace, and that's not going to happen today." But we can do our best to protect them, and we can get the job done. We find out what Ultron's been building, we find Romanov, and we clear the field. Keep the fight between us. Ultron thinks we're monsters, that we're what's wrong with the world. This just this isn't just about beating him. It's about whether he's right. Boom. That that ending for like when I remember when that happened in the movie, yeah. you know, um several years ago now, but like that's just that moment of like, you know, especially knowing that Captain America's Civil War was like on the horizon. You uh-huh, know? Uh-huh. Um, I think that's such a big deal, you know, and coming like even considering that as you watch Civil War, mm-hmm. um, it's it very it does a good job of just kind of painting, you know, like forecasting a little bit for the MCU. Um, and I think Cap's right, you know. Yeah, th- th- this movie did a lot for us as far as setting up. <clears throat> little seeds and little pockets of maybe this unity for civil war mm-hmm. and so what even the villain in this movie Ultron was was trying to do was to some degree cause division and that hey you guys are the problem you know like kind of you know what you were saying and so yeah um definitely you can see how that that plays out in civil war but that's a serious speech from good old steve rogers man mm-hmm. love that guy yeah. where's he from again Brooklyn? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. A little town called Brooklyn, son. Um, all right. So that was your first one? Mm-hmm. All right. So my first one, again, is from Age of Ultron. Uh, but my quote comes from uh, Hawkeye. 
and he's talking to Scarlet Witch. And it's halfway through the battle, like the midway point, uh, the final battle. And she's kind of freaking out. And she needed a little pep talk. And so this is what Hawkeye says to, to Scarlet Witch. He says, the city is flying and we're fighting an army of robots and I have a bow and arrow. None of this makes sense, but I'm going back out there because it's my job, okay? And I can't do my job and babysit. Doesn't matter what you did or where you, where you were. If you go out there, you fight and you fight to kill. Stay in here. You're good. I'll send your brother to come find you. But if you step out that door, you are an Avenger. And it was just like this gut check time for Scarlet, mm-hmm. Scarlet Witch. And I'm watching the movie and I'm like, yeah, Hawkeye, you're right. None of this makes sense. You do have <laughs> a bow and arrow yeah. and the city is flying and you're fighting robots. But you, ha- you do have a job to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, I appreciate that you are just ready to go out there and just... Whatever the cost may be, you you know you have a job. You're going to go fight mm-hmm. um, because you're an Avenger. And so that's This is what they do. This is what... I know it was such a like, ah, oh, get hyped. It's not halftime anymore. It's game time. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And so, I, he calls Scarlet Witch out on Yeah. That. It's awesome. And I get it. It's not like she was necessarily being, you know... She just needed the pep talk because she, she was fighting, you know, up to that. So it wasn't like she wasn't fighting. You know, she was fighting. She was in the battle. But there was just a moment of discouragement, maybe a moment of doubt. Mm-hmm. And so she just needed um, that little boost of encouragement. And uh, it was perfect, man. So, And uh, then when she comes out, oh, like she, when she steps out of the door and you're like, ah! <laughs> she's yeah, an Avenger. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and so it's so good. And she comes out and she just goes off on all the robots. And it's it's amazing. She does that awesome, weird thing with her hands. And it's so cool. So that's my <laughs> that's my first one. Uh, Hawkeye from Age of Ultron. CP, what's your second one, man? My next one comes from a little game series called Call of Duty. Okay. Love ever, that series. Ever heard of it? I dislike that um, series a lot. <laughs> Modern Warfare 2. Hey, look, all I'll say about that is there's a reason that they make money every year, and every year they break their own record. I know. It's okay? so sad. So say what you will about them. <laughs> um, so which game, which one is this one from? This is from Modern Warfare 2. Okay, okay. Um, and so at this point uh, in the game, this is coming up on the end of the game, and um, not to spoil it too much, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, your character, uh, or the characters that you've been playing as, um, you've been playing as these English, this English character named mm-hmm. Roach, mm-hmm. Uh, and he is he's killed uh, by an American general, uh, and so then that Roach and Roach's uh, superior officers, Captain Price and Captain McTavish, mm-hmm. they set out to get revenge to okay. some degree yeah. uh, for. The death of their comrades, mm-hmm. uh, and so in the in the mi- mission briefing, mm-hmm. you know, like that they do in every Call of Duty before every uh, every level, level yeah, or yeah. you know, or mission or such. Um, Captain Price, you know, normally it's like details about like what kind of weapons are going to be using and and kind of such, and it's always showing graphics of like where you're going and the weapons that you're going to have and such. But in this uh, in this moment. Captain Price says, the healthy human mind doesn't wake up in the morning thinking this is its last day on Earth. And he has an English accent, so it's like... Ten times better. Ten times better. I'm sure. No offense to your your lovely my, voice. My, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, and yeah. I could try, but no, I'm not going don't to. Do it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, he says, the healthy human mind doesn't wake up in the morning thinking this is its last day on Earth. But I think that's a luxury, not a curse. To know you're close to the end is a kind of freedom. Good time to take inventory. Outgunned, outnumbered, out of our minds, on a suicide mission. But the sands and rocks here, stained with thousands of years of warfare, they will remember us for this because their last stand is in uh, the Middle East. Yeah, you know, so uh-huh. they've been fighting wars yeah. for a long time there. So uh, they will remember us for this because out of all our vast array of nightmares, this is the one we choose for ourselves. We go forward like a breath exhaled from the earth. With vigor in our hearts and one goal in sight, we will kill him. Boom. And in that moment, I'm just like, let's get him. You know? <laughs> like, I'm ready to fight. You know? You're all stocked up on your, your Mountain Dew. Yep. Your Doritos. <laughs> I got my Mountain Dew, your... my Cheetos in one hand. 
My M4 and the others. <laughs> your your battery of your controller's charged and ready. Mm-hmm. You recharge it, you're ready to go. Yeah. And you're just ready to go finish out. Is that I'm assuming it's close to the end of the end of the game? Yeah, I think that this this is like the second to last mission, if gotcha. I'm not mistaken. But um but yeah, it I think it's especially with Captain Price, because in in Modern Warfare two, that's the second time. So like the first game, yeah, I remember the first game. Yeah, so mm-hmm. mo- in the first Modern Warfare, you're playing as um, Soap mm-hmm. McTavish, mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of the times you're with Captain Price, like yes. he's your captain. And then in the in Modern Warfare Two, in the follow up, uh, Soap McTavish, your first the character that you played as in the first game, he's now the captain, um, and Captain Price is nowhere to be found. And so you kind of find him along the way and you learn like what happened to him in between the games and um, and you just learn more about him. And so I think with video games in general, just the more time you spend with a character, the better relationship you have with him. And so now for the first time in like in this moment, for the first time since the first Modern Warfare, mm-hmm. you're playing as Soap again. Yeah. And you're going back into battle like once more into the fray with... Uh, with Captain Price, and so yeah. that's kind of a cool moment as it is, and then um, he's he's ready. There you, there you go. Those, I like it. Those, you know those those times where it's like this might be a one way trip. You know, <laughs> yes. Like it's always a good moment. Yes. So and when you, it, it it's essentially it's like that that time of like kind of like hey what you're gonna have to leave it all out there, and yeah. so here we go. So good. So so good. Better than Halo. Anyway, All right. Let's Andy, not get crazy. I am next. <laughs> Don't get crazy. Uh, my next one, of course, comes from the wonderful world of wrestling. Now, this one. I thought this, you were going to say Oz. No. Uh, no, no. This one's actually going to be super short because he go, this monologue, this rant, this, um, this promo is like eight minutes long or something like that. Something crazy. Six, six minutes long. Something like that. But uh, it's from CM Punk, who is no longer a WWE wrestler. He is now a MMA fighter. Mm-hmm. And but this was back, I want to say, in 2011. Um, just to kind of set up the story, uh, his his contract with the company was coming up to an end. And personally, like in his real life, he was getting fed up with um, the direction of his character and the creative um, department behind, you know, in with the WWE universe overall. And so um, he was frustrated with what they were doing with him and how they were managing him. And so... Um, he was really just fed up and his contract was coming up to, uh, you know, was getting ready to end and he had no concern or no interest really of re-signing with them. And he was just kind of like at peace, like, Hey, I really don't like being here. My contract's going to end. And so I'm just going to ride it out. And so, mm-hmm. um, but the company knew like, Hey, this is a pretty popular wrestler. He's really talented. Um, and they knew that he had no interest to re-signing. And so they kind of, in a really wise decision, they kind of just let him loose. Hey, speak your mind. You know, we know you're not gonna. You're you're ready to leave. We're 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 not gonna. You're not gonna resign. So we'll just write us out together, kind of a thing. Make the most of it. Yeah. And so they gave him freedom to speak his mind on the microphone, which is the last thing you want to do for any wrestler who's at this point of their yeah, career. Yeah, yeah. And so this is, he says so much. He says so much about his frustrations uh, with the company, uh, with the boss, Vince McMahon, with the, the fans, with all of it. But the way he starts off the promo is so great. Uh, this is what he says. He says, I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. And then he just goes on and on. He's talking to John Cena, mind you, who's in the ring. And he's saying I, to John Cena, I hate this idea that you think you're the best. Because you're not. I'm the best. I'm the best in the world. And then he goes on and on. And how John <laughs> Cena is a big brown noser. And how maybe he's not as big of a, as a, of a brown noser as Dwayne. And he kind of does a little wink, wink, because everyone knows who he's, you know, who's he talking about. And then he turns to the camera and he says, oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. And he gives a nice little wave to the camera and stuff like that. So, like, this is not, like, scripted whatsoever. Like, he knows, like, he's calling people out 
for their crap and for yeah. he's fed up to this point and he's just going on and on and on and so this is like this is real life this is real <laughs> life up to this point and like in this promo and like because of that like his popularity just exploded and i mean he was like on guests like he would that like radio shows and like local tv shows like had him on as guests because of his popularity just after this one night and if you like if you, if you just had if you have any interest to hearing this out uh just type uh go youtube and just type in cm punk uh pipe bomb like p-i-p-e-b-o-m-b and it's him. He's sitting down. He's not even like talking, like looking at a camera. He's just sitting down at the top of the ramp. And he just goes on and on about his frustrations. And it's like, it's just incredible. And then like, he's about to say, and this is how it ends. This is how his promo ends, uh, CP. He's about to start talking trash, like real life trash about Vince McMahon. And he says something along the lines of, hey, you know how we run this like anti-bully campaign? Let me tell you about Vince McMahon. So you just know, like, oh my gosh, like he's gonna like put his trash and dirt out there for everyone. And then at that moment, they cut off his mic. And like you see him, like, you see him talking into the mic and you don't hear anything. Like he smacks the mic and then he just throws a mic and he's he just gets up. He's about to walk backstage, but he's like, ah, forget it. And he just goes off like behind the curtain, like near the fans. Like he just leaves, like not even through the proper exit. <laughs> Like that's how he leaves. He just walks out the front door. It's incredible. Like it's absolutely incredible. Look it up if you have a chance. CM Punk, pipe bomb. It's it's wonderful. So that's definitely. Of course, I had to talk about wrestling. Um, but it's I'm so inclined so to know like what he said. It's so good. Like it's, what he wanted to say I, off the mic. I know, and it's kind of crazy to think that he was gonna. You don't say again. You don't say. You don't say. Hey, you want to like we we talk about this anti bully stuff. Well, let me tell you a story about Vince McMahon logically he's gonna tell you a story about how vince mcmahon's a, a bully a bad boss take advantage of someone etc etc right, and right. so he's just gonna but at that point they just cut his mic and he just he just walks off and it's it's glorious it's 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 one of those rare moments in wrestling where you know as a fan you're what you're watching is so real and I, for it being wrestling which is so fake mm -hmm. in those moments it's absolutely incredible absolutely incredible so of course that's that had to make my list so um that's my number two cm punk and his that's little intense, his little pipe bomb so uh cp what's your next one man what's your number three uh so my number three comes from a little comic called the walking dead oh yeah, yeah a little small time little you, thing. yes you know? you know small as you know it was big in the indie world yeah yeah a little small a thing. i know you're a big marvel dc <laughs> guy, so you don't read as much of the indie comics <laughs> i like um, that <laughs> uh but this comes from issue 24 okay. of of the walking dead comic and so it's still pretty early on in the grand scheme of how long this comic's been running yeah um but this comes after uh it comes from rick grimes and it's in a moment where uh he's waking up after being asleep for like 26 hours his all of the people that he lives with they're, they're living at the prison at this point but everyone uh, kind of thinks he's crazy at this mm -hmm. point, and um, and they're not really sure if they can trust his leadership, and uh, and so he, he comes out, um, and he says he's like battered and bruised, and one of his eyes is swollen shut. Just uh, out of curiosity, like what season in the TV show? Not that it actually played out, but like where would this have been? Kind of, yeah, yeah. Just to kind of give me an idea, would you say like season two, three? Um, it would have been season three. Okay. Season three okay, okay. All right, continue. Um, so, but so he says, uh, he says, the second we put a bullet in the head of one of those undead monsters, the moment one of us drove a hammer into one of their faces or cut a head off, into your faces. Continue. This is lovely. It's or cut, music to my ears. Or cut a head off. <laughs> we became what we are. And that's just it. That's what it comes down to. You people don't know what we are. So he's really calling them out. So good. And then he says, we're surrounded by the dead. We're among them. And when we finally give up, we become them. We're living on borrowed time here. Every minute of our life is a minute we steal from them. You see them out there. You know that when we die, we become them. You think we hide behind these walls to protect us from the walking dead? Don't you get it? We are the walking dead. <laughs> 
I don't even I don't even know what to say, dude. Oh man. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know. And I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken, because I, I read the volume. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, that's how the book ends. Like that's, that's how that issue ends. Okay. And it's like like as it's going, you know, like you can Google the last page. Uh-huh. You know, but there's like cuts of the people looking at him and it's like zombie like, you know, drawings of the zombies outside the fence and and then I think he's actually on the other side of a fence also as he's telling this to the to the group and it's so good, you know. I uh, man, I do love like I, I don't actually have a, a a top five from the comics, like from the comic book world, and so I do love that you included one because I know that even for a comic that there is so much emotion that comes mm-hmm. from those pages, and in, especially in something like that. Where you have a character who's just like telling you how it is. Yeah. And it's so good. He's battered and bruised and it's so awesome. That's awesome. This is when Rick still had both hands in the comics. If you, Yeah, I have no idea what that I, means. I think actually this, so because I, I read the volumes. Yeah. I think this is where, like I only read up to the second, the end of the volume that this is in. So. I was going to say, or did no, you finish? No, sorry. No, I read past this. I was going to say, did you like read the next volume the, yeah, after this? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you've been living on this cliffhanger this whole time? <laughs> this whole time? Okay. We are the walking dead and then what, Cody? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to like freak out. Okay. But you've read past that. Yeah, I read past that. That's I read uh, to when they leave the prison. That's really, really good. Okay. But, All right. So, so what, one more time, that's from The Walking Dead, but who said it? One more time. Uh, that's Rick Grimes. So awesome. our main character from The Walking Dead. That's issue number 24 of the comic. Very, very cool. So I'm up, and uh, this is my uh, this is my number three, and it comes from Liam Neeson, and it comes from the movie Taken. Now, Oof. this isn't geek culture. This is very much pop culture. But it's so good, so you understand why I have to include it. Um, it's in the beginning of the movie, towards the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the premise, essentially, uh, this uh, ex-FBI special ops b- weapon. <laughs> I don't even know what to call Liam Neeson. With he's, fists. He's, yeah. Um, uh, is no longer, uh, you know, on uh, the field. Cool. Yeah, yeah. No longer on the field. He's now just doing like side security jobs uh, here and there. But uh, he wants to spend time with his daughter. Uh, and his daughter uh, wants to go overseas uh, to travel around and uh, visit London and England and Paris and just all all of that. And so um, at first, the dad has some issues with that because he knows how dangerous it can be for a teenage girl. But he finally lets her go. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, he was correct because um, he, his daughter and his daughter's friend get kidnapped. They mm-hmm. get taken, and Greece, and they um, they get they, uh, to the point that they're human trafficked for, uh, for the rest of the movie until um, he finds her or he begins to find her. But anyways, um, he's hearing. This isn't so intense. He's hearing on like speakerphone, like on the cell phone. Um, he's talking to his daughter and his daughter is telling him, hey, oh my gosh, someone's breaking in and oh my gosh, they're taking so-and-so, like her friend and oh my gosh, they're coming for me and and so he's walking her through like, okay, remain calm, uh, find a bed, like fi- find a room, hide and then he's like, get under the bed and then he says something along the lines of like, okay, here's the worst part. Here's what's going to happen next. They're going to take you. And they're gonna they're gonna find you and they're gonna take you. And her daughter, like the daughter's like crying over the phone, like freaking mm-hmm. out. And he's like, But listen, when they do that, when that happens, just start screaming out descriptions and start describing them and uh, how tall they are, if they're wearing a hat, if they have a scar, if they have a tattoo, blah, blah, blah. Like, so that way he can hear all this and get all this information. So it plays out just like that. She, they they find her they they take her she's screaming out all this um information descriptive information of you know uh of of these guys and then the guys find the phone and then the dad Liam Neeson hears like that they pick up the phone they put it out to their their ear their you know to the head and this is what Liam Neeson says <laughs> you're so tense Cody I'm stressed out already he, he says this he says this I don't know who you are I don't know what you want. If you're looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a long, very long career. Skills that 
make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you and I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you and I will kill you. And then the guy on the other, on the other end of the line, cock, like, like very cocky, just says, good luck. And then that's it. That's how the conversation ends. And then he hangs up. That's it. And it's just like, oh. Done messed up, A.A. Ron. (laughs) (laughs) It's so incredible. And it's not like some of the other things that we've been mentioning. Like, this isn't very, this isn't very much like a get hyped, hey, Mm -mm. kind of a thing. This is very much a, this character is speaking truth. Like, he, like, with full conviction, just knowing that, hey, I'm speaking truth. This isn't a matter of opinion. I have skills. Letters in red. I'm going to kill you. Um, this isn't a matter of opinion here or like preference or like who you think That's is better. No, no, no. I have skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. And if you let my, go- my daughter go, that'll be, the end- that'll be the end of it. But if you don't, this is, what, this is what's coming. I, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Period. 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 <laughs> <And> no <laughs> questions. <laughs> it, it's it's wonderful, and it's just like, and as as the viewer, as the audience, you're again, you believe him. Okay. Okay. Go do your thing. He says. Uh, he says he's good. He and then, he's and, a man of his word. Yeah. And then the homeboy says, "Good luck." <laughs> and you're just like, "Oh, dang it! I'm sorry, dude. Like, you're not gonna make it. Like, you just you just signed off on your life." And it's not even like you're being again. You're not being arrogant. You're not boasting up or trying to. No, no, no. Oh, no, that's just the truth. Sorry, dude. You just you just messed up. You just messed up. You're going to die. It's funny now. that you know that as soon as that happens in the movie. Yes. Like. And then later on, when he, he like he asks the guy how to say something, yeah, and the guy yeah. says, it, and he's like, you're he the- he, tr- he remembers. Oh, you're you said because he asks him how to say he he shows on a piece of paper. Hey, what what does this mean? Can you translate this in English? And so you, the gentleman reads it, and then he he kind of smirks and he says, "Good luck." And then at that moment, Liam Neeson like, knows. "Oh, I I I know that you're the guy." And then he, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he says something along the lines of like, "You don't remember me." But I told you but I'd I, find you. <laughs> I think is what he says. <laughs> it's so good. That so, guy, you know. I mean, he probably he probably died before he could. Yeah. But if he didn't <laughs> die, you know he went to the bathroom. So messed up, dude. Oh. He's done. So of course I had to include that. That's my number three. Liam Neeson from Taken. Get some. All right. <laughs> CP, what's your number four, man? Uh my next one comes from Pacific Rim. Yes. And I know I've talked about this before. Okay, yes. Um, so we can kind of move through it. But um and I just watched this movie again recently and mm-hmm. I got like so probably unnecessary i think this is what i did for christmas day like i watched this movie Uh um like (laughs) but uh but so if you've seen if you haven't seen pacific rim giant monsters are coming out of a a hole in the bottom of the pacific ocean yes and this is you know just like 15 years into the future so Mm -hmm. um so we've built giant robots called jaegers to fight them so Mm -hmm. think godzilla versus giant robots yeah yeah um but uh, one of the main characters, Idris Elba's character uh, in the movie, his name's Stacker Pentecost, uh, and he was a pilot of these giant robots. And mm-hmm. um, he's no longer a pilot, but he's you know he's still once you know once a pilot, always a pilot. So yeah, uh, but he has radiation poisoning. Okay, from doing this for so long. Oh yeah, because yeah, they're yeah, nuclear. Yeah. They have nuclear power. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, that's right. And they told him that if he does this one more time, he's he's probably not going to make it. Like, it's going to be too much for his body. He'll just shut down. Okay. But he's the only pilot left. And so he decides, you know, for this last mission, he's going to be a pilot once more. And he gives a little bit of a pep talk to to those that, that work on the Jaegers mm-hmm. and, uh, and his fellow Jaeger pilots. And he says, today, today, at the edge of our hope... At the end of our time, we have chosen not only to believe in ourselves, but in each other. Today, there is not a man nor woman in here that shall stand alone. Not today. 
Today we face the monsters that are at our door. Today we bring, uh, sorry, today we face the monsters that are at our door and bring the fight to them. Today we are canceling the apocalypse. And I just like, at that moment, I even on Christmas, when I watched, <laughs> I, I jumped up and I was like, ah! <laughs> I was ready to fight. I don't know. I, I don't know Sign that there's up. more inspiration, like more explanation for it than that, other than like he says we're it is he's English. You know? Again, so and I, the accent. Maybe man. it's just that. Maybe I just love English accents. Maybe you and every woman. <laughs> <laughs> for good reason. Now I know. Chris Hemsworth, you know, like all those guys. All those guys. But yeah, so he says canceling the apocalypse nope we're done with uh, that apocalypse. you know what <laughs> <laughs> payment is due yeah, apocalypse yeah. <laughs> cancel that i like it cancel that cancel the hulu cancel the netflix <laughs> like, it's like, it's, he says i like it's just something you just take your credit card you, off just, of, dr- you, know? you just drop it <laughs> just, i like it huh? not enough room in the budget for the apocalypse <laughs> so cancel that <laughs> How to cancel that? That's awesome, dude. So one more time, where's which one's that? From? That's from uh, Pacific Rim, and it's by Stacker Pentecost. Not to be confused with uh, Atlantic Rim, that is a B film <laughs> on <thing>. Netflix. Oh <laughs> my god! So and that's a don't, real movie. So don't don't, don't think. Don't. Oh, this is what Cody was talking about on Heroes End, my favorite podcast of all time. No, 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 that's not the movie we're talking about. Pacific Rim, not. Atlantic Rim. Run. There's. I know those different movies. I know. There's, there's, there's transmorphers so out there. Good. I love the titles. <laughs> we should do a top snake, five. We should top do top five B movie <laughs> titles. Just titles, because I've never seen them. But just the titles are great. So we should do that one. <laughs> that would be fun. All right. So my uh. next one, uh, it's number four. Is my number four on the list? Comes from Obi Wan, and it's from Star Wars Episode Three. The uh, best. The best Star prequel. The best. From the prequel, Cody. <laughs> Don't die. Don't say it. They're going to kill you. <laughs> so anyways, um, it's it's at the end of this incredible epic battle that Obi-Wan has with Anakin. And um, it's getting close to the... It's at the end. Um, and this is what Obi-Wan says to Anakin. He says this. It's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. And so then Anakin at that point is cocky and overly confident in himself and he says something along the lines of hey i'm 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 gonna still kill you he says he says you underestimate my My, power that's right he says it his (laughs) acting skills incredible (laughs) and so then uh so then obi-wan says don't try it and then that's when um anakin screams and jumps and tries to jump over obi-wan but uh obi-wan at that point chops off his uh cuts his legs both of them and um and then Anakin's just laying there close to this lava, this fire that's there. And uh, and then Obi-Wan continues on and he says this. You were the chosen one. It was said that you would destroy the Sith, not, not join them. Bring balance to the force, not leave it in darkness. You were my brother, Anakin. I loved you. And it's just... Mm. What? It's what it's so gut-wrenching and heartbreaking because i like it's one of those things where you know of course it's a prequel so you know like what's like how it's going to end you know like how like once the dust settles you know how like all where all the pieces are going to be um but it's like even then still as i watched this movie i didn't want it to end like that i wanted Anakin, and we've said it before we wanted like Anakin don't fall for it like we still wanted to believe Somehow that you still believe no he's yeah not the, gonna, he's, he's still gonna be Annie yeah he's still know? gonna be a good guy but he was no that's not what happens with this character but just Obi-Wan um delivering this this little honestly just this last moment is because he knows he he thinks to his point, like he believes, okay, Anakin's gonna die here, and so he knows, like, this is the last I'm gonna probably see him. This is my last words to Anakin, and so, you, hey, you were the chosen one. You know, you were supposed to destroy this the Sith. You know, you're supposed to bring all this to an end, and you're leaving it in darkness. And then he says, hey, you were my brother. I I loved you, and it's that really cool relationship between a mentor and like the student and the mentee, and like it's just like 
gosh, I don't know. I, I maybe also because in my life I have mentors, and mm-hmm. so to think like, oh my gosh, like what if I go to the dark side and I have to fight my mentor? <laughs> 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 no, but it's just like I <laughs> in all seriousness, I, I put like myself in that position, like yeah. people in my life and what you know, whatever role yeah. they, they can be in. And so it's just like that would suck. Like that right. would be really heartbreaking and, and just sad at, at the end of the day. So yeah. Um, and it's the, tough. I, I think even though like say what you will about the prequels, yeah. They were all building to that moment. Yes. You know? yes. Um and you know, in the moments shortly thereafter where we see Anakin as Vader at once, you know, or finally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I totally agree with you. So good. That so scene good. is so much, so much emotion. And, and, and one of the, this is a little side note to that quote. I misquote that quote all the time. And I love the quote so much, but I misquote it all the time because I say, uh, you were the, the, you were the chosen one. You were supposed to defeat the empire, not join it. But the actual line is you were supposed to, you would destroy the Sith, not join them. And so I I butcher that every time, but it's still good. I love saying it even like, incorrectly, correctly. <laughs> the idea is still the same. <laughs> so, <laughs> the point remains the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all I have to say. That's, that's awesome. Um, so that's my number four. CP, what's your last one, man? My last one comes from uh, Godzilla. Which one? Not the one from... Or was it 2000, 1999? I think in 99, 98. Not the Matthew Broderick Okay. One, which I still think is undervalued. It's great. Just like Jurassic Park 3. I <laughs> Continue. <laughs> but anyway. Yes. I'm talking about the Godzilla that came out in 2014. Okay. Um, with Mr. Brian Cranston. Yes. Uh, his name is Joe Brody in the movie. And mm-hmm. so uh, he's... He Joe Brody is a scientist, and his wife died at, at the result of some some nuclear radiation, and mm-hmm. and there's not really any reason for why this nuclear reactor broke down. But the last uh, fifteen years or so, he's been he's been studying it and trying to figure out why his wife died. You know, mm-hmm. naturally, he's a man. He's broken. He's lo- you know he's looking for answers, and so yeah. Uh, but he gets captured by these people that are studying another godzilla-esque creature and so uh he says uh and the other thing with the, well, i'll say that after but he <laughs> says he says you're not fooling anybody when you say that what happened 15 years ago was a natural disaster not an earthquake it wasn't a typhoon okay so stop look i'm not tired of i'm tired of talking to you about this i want my son i want to see my son i want to know that he's all right this guy this guy knows. He knows where he is. Musuko wa Dakota. I want my son. Because uh, they're in Hawaii at, the, at this point. Yeah. Uh, and I want my bag and disc. And I want to talk to somebody in charge, not you. No, not you. I'm done talking to you, all right? You're looking at me right now like I'm in a fish tank, right? That's fine. Because I know what happened here. And you keep telling everybody that this place is a death zone, but it's not. You're lying. Because what's really happening is that you're hiding something out there. I'm right, aren't I? My wife died here. Something killed my wife, and I've got the, a right, and I've a right to know. I deserve answers. And then in that moment, there's like this weird, like pulsating that happens. This, yeah. you know, this sound that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then he says, "See, there it is again. That is not a transformer malfunction. That is an electromagnetic pulse, and it happens." And it affects everything for miles and miles, and it is happening again. This is what caused everything to happen in the first place. Can't you see? And it's going to send us back to the Stone Age. You have no idea what's coming. That's a really good moment, because it's almost the the calmness before the storm, like mm-hmm. the, the peace, the still moments before the storm, before everything really begins to... Right, like uh, unfold. Yeah, and the crap hits the fan at that point. But there's a, that moment there allows the viewers to breathe just for a moment. And it's just like... And of course, he delivers it. Mm-hmm. He builds the tension yeah. like crazy. Oh, yeah. And we haven't even seen a Godzilla... Like we've seen, I think, like footprints we haven't seen any of the of the giant monsters yeah. at this point you know mm-hmm. uh, and so like it's just like building up that excitement of of what's to come um but the other cool thing with this is brian cranston delivered this first shot like this is the first time 
first take and everything first huh? take and everything um that's awesome and <laughs> and then they were like like it was so good that they were like well we have to like there's some other stuff that was maybe wrong with the scene but we have to fix that digitally because we don't even want to try to have them do it better because that was already like <laughs> like so they like like just certain elements and like stuff that they like way they recut it and yeah. stuff you know or cut stuff to have him talking over it with different scenes and stuff um because Brian Cranston just you know killed it this was right after breaking bad and so, yeah um his his acting stock after breaking bad was through the was roof was through the roof yes, yeah yes, and so. so now he's in power ring <laughs> yeah, that's Heck right yeah. so, <laughs> so ridiculous oh my gosh hey, side note you talked about Godzilla uh, 98 on imdb that has a rating of 5.3 and the uh, godzilla from 2014 has a rating of 6.5 so that's so it's, maybe that. it's maybe people just have a problem with godzilla uh yeah may, so it's not like the 2014 was like 10 uh, times better economically yeah, yeah yeah they're, they're the same ballpark for sure i that's think that's good to know <laughs> so that was that was going the wrong way (laughs) so good and it's in new york and they end the movie in madison square garden and on the brooklyn bridge it's so good uh Uh, that was your last one right cp that uh yeah that was my last i do have uh, some honorable mentions okay that was your fifth all things in time that was number five (laughs) that's right all things what's your number five andy my last one uh you you can't talk about speeches and monologues without the best one and i know for the record this is on my list too yes but you were kind enough uh (laughs) and uh you let me have it so i appreciate that but uh i'm talking about independence day now i need to first say this i truly believe in my heart of hearts that (laughs) i love this speech before like america loved it (laughs) does that make sense like i'm sure listeners are with me where they're like oh yeah i really like that speech like that was a really good speech like that's one of my favorite speeches and then like it and then it was like mentioned in a few commercials and stuff like that and like everyone like really started talking about it and all this stuff blah 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 blah. but i was like wait wait like no like i i love that light commercial yeah like no no i love that before like it hit mainstream now i know that sounds so silly because it's a movie uh, you know that with will smith well, yeah that, that uh, came at the peak of his career i know and it was super <laughs> successful in the box office so i get that that sounds really weird to say almost idiotic and i get that but i love this this uh movie and speech way before it was cool to do that so i just wanted to get that out there um and in my opinion i think it's the best speech really ever in any movie i i will put it up there against braveheart any war movie in my oh, opinion, I agree completely. In my opinion, I know I'm probably gonna get some uh, some flack for that, but anyways, it's uh, here's where we are in the movie. Uh, the president is getting ready to. Um, he's the one that says the speech in the movie. Uh, we're getting up to the last act. We're trying to. This is our last chance to fight back against the aliens, and so uh, this is what uh, this is what he says. Good morning. In less than an hour. Aircraft from here will join others from around the world, and you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. Mm. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We are fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without without a fight. fight. We're We're going going to to live live on. on. We're going to survive. (laughs) Today, we celebrate our our Independence Day. Day. (laughs) (laughs) Let's fight some aliens, man. So good. Uh, There's nothing more to say besides that's it. Like, and honestly, I love the speech so much. I would vote 
for this guy for president. <laughs> any term, any year, whatever we're in, I that's that that guy president gets Thomas Whitmore. <laughs> Can we write him in? <laughs> that guy has my vote. <laughs> 2020? Like, 2020. Like, Kanye West, no. None of that nonsense. Like, this is my dude, you know? And so, uh, if I can't believe in Harvey Dent, I'm believing in this guy in any <laughs> office, anywhere. And so, I just love this movie so much, and this speech is is phenomenal. And so, it. I don't know if there's anything more to say about it besides... I don't... That's it. Uh, that's a, it's a great speech. It's, I agree. so there's points recently so um as you know Andy I work uh, at Universal yeah and so um there's a group message that I'm in with uh, Sound Guy Steven yes. you know who mm-hmm. uh, who's helped us out before as well as some of the other guys um and there was a point where recently where um an, a show element came back in the show that had been out for a while okay uh, out of show for a while and so they they we were kind of joking like mark this day in your calendar <laughs> this is the day where this sh- the show effect came back and so as as they're saying that you know and uh-huh. we're all they're all kind of talking that i'm gonna i i just replied back into the group message and say should we win the day <laughs> the fourth of july <laughs> Should no longer will no longer be like just randomly yes, like this, so, this moment of like, celebration. So Independence so, Day, <laughs> so good. Whenever you can really use this, and it to some degree makes sense. Like okay, I can kind of see like yeah, we're gonna remember this day. Like this is big. Like mm-hmm. and you can use it. You know, uh, more power to you. Like that's awesome. <laughs> you win. Like you win that day. No one else wins yeah. that day except you. Yeah. If you're able to use it in like a real scenario a real conversation with other people <laughs> so that's my last one of course it's the president from that one's so good. independence day cp do you have any honorable mentions uh i do have a couple uh one of them comes uh from samuel l jackson okay in deep blue sea that's a good one okay <laughs> what what uh what, so that's from a movie what's the other one from is it another one from a movie or? i have uh i have two from a movie and then one from a comic book okay what's the other movie so the other movie is gladiator yes okay that like there's some guys i'm sure who are gonna listen to this podcast and like how did you not mention again braveheart or gladiator right but I get, I get, okay. That one from Gladiator. Uh-huh. My name, that one's short. I won't say the Samuel L. Jackson yeah, one because yeah. it's honorable mention <laughs> yeah. and it's a long one. Yeah. But my name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, so commander of the armies of the North, general of the Felix Legions, loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius, Aurelius father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. So Mm. so good so Russell, Russell Crowe what's, Crow. what's the one from the comic uh, that one's from uh, the Hawkeye My Life is a Weapon oh comic. yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. and it's the opening opening monologue for that he says uh, he says you cowboy around with the Avengers some guys got what armor magic superpower super strength shrink dust grow rays magic I love that magic is <laughs> mentioned twice twi- yeah 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 healing factors and he says I'm an orphan Raised by carnies, fighting with a sting, a stick, and a string from the Paleolithic area era. So when I say this looks bad, I promise you it feels worse. <laughs> and <laughs> That's then, awesome. And then there's like a couple, like in the when that happens, he's like, the next frame is him with a doctor, and there's doctors telling him all of the bones that he broke and stuff. Yeah. And then the last thing on the page just says Paleolithic. Look it up. That's awesome. With a little asterisk, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my honorable mention is um, that conversation in Lion King uh, between Mufasa and Simba when like... You've forgotten who you are. You have n- forgotten me. No, not that one. That one's good. But I love the scene where Simba, um, where Mufasa saves Simba and mm-hmm. Simba's in trouble because they went to the uh, elephant graveyard. Mm-hmm. And so then... He like calls him over, Simba, and he like you know Simba comes over and and like he tells him like there's that it's just a good moment, father son moment there where he, as much as Mufasa is mad at Simba, he's like sort of just like discipline there. There's also love there because he's like he Mufasa says something along the lines of like I would have lost you and that would have been like what I'm most afraid of. Yeah. And so it's just like oh my gosh, like I, I love you, Mufasa. You know like. 
Oh my gosh. And so that's that's all that's up there. Um and then anything from the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> there's there's multiple levels. That's it. That's of it. Good I, ones I guess really any movie. anything from the Dark Knight trilogy. <laughs> I guess. You'll never I never said thank you and you'll never have to. Yeah, that one. That's a good one. Uh it's not who you are in the neat that defines you but what you do. Uh, yeah, that that's a good one. It's, the Bane, uh, all the Bane ones are great even though they're terrible, but they're they're still good if you mm. use them in a like good context, I guess. <laughs> corrupt. <laughs> yeah. like, that one's good. It's so good. So yeah, really anything. The Alfred. The Alfred one, man. Like that he's There's in, only like three movies that I've cried in. Yes. So one of them is Dark Knight Rises. Yes, it's so good. So uh anything from the Christopher Nolan um <laughs> Dark Batman trilogy. trilogy will be is an honorable, honorable mention. So Oh, for sure. But uh, so that is our episode for heroes and top five speeches. Let us know your favorite speeches or monologues uh, that have happened in geek culture on social media. Tell us on Twitter and Instagram at heroes underscore and on Facebook at facebook.com slash heroes and or you can email us at heroes and podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and I just want to give you guys the comics coming out uh, January 11th. We have All-Star Batman issue number six, Justice League Power Rangers issue number one. This crossover is going to be amazing. And then we have Spider-Man issue number 12. This cover uh, to Spider-Man issue number 12 is a beautiful cover of Spider-Man and Spider-Gwen. And they are... Uh, kissing and there's different variants and they're all great and so i'm super excited uh to read up on that thank you so much for listening to heroes and i'm cody and i'm andy and And we're we're out. out